The man who discovered the blood moons is here with us. This is not good. This is one bucket wow. of pancakes. The man of the toupee. He's on the front page of New York There's no respect for white European males anymore. I hate Pearl Jam. Yeah, honestly, not good. I don't care for them. Creed's better. Honestly, probably. <laughs> I mean, I would listen to Creed before I listen to. I like that arms wide open song. I think it's good. And then, can you take me higher? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you added like a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's the noise it makes, right? <laughs> it's the noise that, yeah, it makes the noise that you make when you get a coin in Zelda. <laughs> Can you take me higher? Good. Good song. Catchy song. Do you think Creed gets shit on because they're Christians? Because their music's not that much like shittier than most grunge, really. Uh, it's it's, it's not, not good, good, but it's also like not. It's not that much worse than fucking Pearl Jam or fucking. <laughs> yeah, it's not, but it's 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 one of those things. You know, Pearl Jam did it first, and so. You know, people just heard to, well, Creed sucks because they're just doing Pearl Jam. It's kind of like how Puddle of Mud kind of sounds like Nirvana. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that, yeah, and that guy's like obsessed with Cobra. Have you heard that guy try to like cover Nirvana songs? The singer? Yeah. Of, and he just fucking butchers them? Yeah, he eats shit every time. <laughs> and everyone keeps telling him, you're not Kurt Cobain. One, you're alive, idiot. And um, Mud Honey is better than Nirvana. Better band. Better people. <laughs> so. <Papa Jones>. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's uh That's the hand. That's the. That's the cannibal Papa John's. <laughs> better better ingredients made of people. Papa John's. <laughs> With our CEO Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Uh, he's like in a Papa John's commercial now. He, he's just wearing a wig. He's like, ah, you didn't know it was me, right? Yeah, and the like, people in the ad are wait. like, yeah, we know it's you, Shaq. Everyone knows what you look like, you big goofy idiot. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to Papa John's? He said the N-word, Kenny. And he was canceled. And then he ate 3,000 pizzas in a That's... day or some, <laughs> some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Is that really what he got canceled shit. for? Is the N-word thing? He said it a lot, didn't he? Probably. Yeah, he was like in a, I think it was like in a, 
like a corporate board meeting or some shit. And he, just... <laughs> <laughs> he was just leaking the N word everywhere. And, you know, people were like, you know, we need to record this at least once and get rid of this guy. You can't stop saying it. <laughs> Look, it's not going to be hard. Just like yeah. press like the memos thing in your iPhone. That's and he'll favorite. fucking say it. That's my favorite thing about fast food restaurants are the ones where, like, the owner is also the mascot. Because the owner is always, like, just some racist <laughs> shitbag. <laughs> well, Dave yeah. Thomas wasn't. No, I guess the Wendy's mascot's Wendy's. His, like, weird adopted daughter, right? Yeah. 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 She was in a commercial once. It didn't go well. Yeah, yeah, no one wants to see like... the real Wendy. That's weird. Why would you yeah. do that? Yeah, a lot of people were not happy. I think they, you know, wanted to continue the facade that, you know, Wendy never aged. She was forever. Yeah, you know, they're the eating a child's hamburger. Yeah. Not a grown woman's hamburger. I mean, what other fast food mascots are just people? Colonel Sanders. <laughs> he was great because he would, like, drive around the country and, like, visit random KFCs. And then, like, try the chicken, and he go, it's all fucking trash. And apparently he would, like, throw shit on the floor. <laughs> and then he got played Wait. by Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is he a colonel of, exactly? Confederacy. The chicken confederacy. Right? Yeah. No, no, it's confederacy. Bunch of racist chickens fighting for... Fighting well, the Chick-fil-A you cows. Chicken run, they were trying to get away from Colonel Sanders. They're fighting the Chick-fil-A cows who are the North. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Look at the financials. Uh, it doesn't seem that way. Also, both restaurants serve chicken. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> They're both oppressive regimes on the chicken. Yeah, but both sides of the Confederacy were... <laughs> both sides are in the Civil War. We're both, like, not great, so... Yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. Um, that's, that should be the name of a restaurant. Tomato, tomato, and they only sell tomatoes. Oh, you could do a lot with that, Like though. a Raising like... Cane's, but with tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Bright green tomatoes, tomato sauce, pasta. No pasta. No, oh, yeah, just you can just have the sauce. sauce. You have to bring your own pasta. <laughs> 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 and they have a they then they have a frosty machine that just has fucking tomato sauce Whoa. in it. It's just <laughs> frozen. <laughs> Cold tomato sauce. <laughs> you put on your noodles you brought from home. Frosty tomato sauce. Uh, I drink that. It's a good source of vitamin <laughs> C. You gotta, you have to. It's the pandemic. What are you gonna do? Actually, I don't think, I, I don't think that would be too bad. It would taste like yeah. tomato, it's like Bloody Mary, but like frozen. Yeah. Like a slice. Yeah. Throw beer in it. Yeah. But you bring it from home. <laughs> it's thicker though, right? Yeah. It's oh, thick like a soft serve ice cream type. Yeah, but if you add beer, you, you liquefy it a little bit. Right. It's like a slushy. They don't, they don't serve beer at that restaurant. You can bring it, though. Oh, why not? <laughs> it's tomato, tomato. It's not yeah, but yeah. you bring your own beer. beer. You gotta bring your beer. <laughs> you can just bring it. Yeah, just bring it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to the Spin Doctrine Podcast, the podcast about propaganda and the people who peddle 
it. I'm Travis Reyes. I'm Kenny Van. And I'm Amador Salazar. Sorry, I was going to... That was originally a sound test, but then I was like, this riff's getting too good. It's like jazz. Yeah. You, we just John Coltrane that whole riff about fast food. Yeah. We played all the notes, baby. And Hell we'll yeah. keep playing some more for you. That's what we do on this podcast. <laughs> Well, we got we got a lot we got some news to cover, huh? Huh, gang? Sure. Uh, did you, um, this happened earlier <laughs> today? Did you see Marjorie Taylor Greene learned what the Holocaust was? Yeah, she's <laughs> uh, she's getting her education while in Congress. It's it's pretty pretty good. Yeah, she, good use of her tax money. She's like my mom's age and like on stage, going like. I went to the Holocaust Museum. You heard of this fucking thing? Have you heard of this thing? It's real <laughs> fucked up what they did to those Jewish people. Ay, ay, ay. People can grow. Even Marjorie Green, apparently. Marjorie Fried Green Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> That's an item on the menu. It's just... Yeah, but you have to bring the butter. You, it, they well, give you the tomato, but you have to bring the. Well, what it margarine. is, it's like a. Well, what it is, it's like a fried green tomato, and you crack it open, and it has like a fortune cookie thing in it, but it's just QAnon. It's just Q drops. That's the fortune inside that fried green tomato. They're just Q drops, made up ones, not real ones. Everybody likes a nice juicy Q drop. Yep, covered in Everybody tomato does. juices. <laughs> Can't even read it. Just... <laughs> um, gang, I have something to tell you. I spend all of our money, our podcast money, on buying Anthony Weiner's uh, dick pic NFT. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yep. Oh, that's a real thing. He's selling his Carlos Danger dick pic as oh, like an shit. NFT. Is he got an OnlyFans now? No, he's just selling his dick pic as an NFT, which I don't... I don't know. Oh. I didn't know you could. Do. I guess you can sell. Kevin Smith selling his movie as an NFT. I guess that's like. I guess his dick pics less offensive than that Kevin Smith movie. But I don't know. Is it Tusk? <laughs> no, no, no one will ever <laughs> NFT Tusk. <laughs> but it's weird because I was just thinking like, oh, this NFT thing's dying down, and then I saw um. Fucking Anthony Weiner selling his dick pic NFT. I'm like, I guess the boom's back, baby. Yeah, there was a lull between, you know, the Oscars giving away Chad Boswick uh, fucking NFTs. It was like RIP or some shit. What? Do you remember that? No. <laughs> or who's the... Yeah, they, they were giving away, uh, the you know, oh, no. that actor that recently passed away. Black Panther It, it was guy, an yeah. NFT. Oof. What is an NFT? Is it like a coin? <laughs> is it like something you can hold? I don't, I don't fucking know, Kenny. I, I, it's, it's a weird thing where it's like a meme that everyone can see and like look at and enjoy, but also you can go, guess what? I paid $75,000 and I own this meme. And then everyone's like, who fucking cares? Yeah. Who cares that you have a Tweety Bird smoking weed? In front of the Twin Towers meme. Who cares if you own that? I can still, like, see that, right? It was like, yeah, it's like, you okay. get that on a shirt. You can get that tattooed on and, you. Like, I have that tattooed on yeah. me. Yeah. You could also Google Anthony Weiner's dick, right? And that 
yeah. image will still pop up. Well, sure. and how is the NFT worth anything if, like, you know, he sent that picture to a person? That person probably. What if that person's like, it? how do you own this picture? I own, I have it on my phone. Do, you, do they have to delete the original dick pic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have to, the cops show up at your house and, like, watch you delete it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, they show up with a like, whole SWAT team and they're like, you need to delete this dick pic. Kelly and Ripa bought the NFT of it. Kelly Ripa about the NFT of his dick pic. Anyway, that's the first name that popped in my head. Kelly Ripa. Yeah. I think it's because I had to go to the DMV today. And they were playing fucking her show at the DMV. Yeah. All right. That sucks. Um, <laughs> speaking of awful things, uh, Hunter Biden apparently calls his white lawyer the N-word like a bunch of times. Did you see that? No. What? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was like in the leaks. Yeah. It was like uh, conversations with his like white lawyer. Gotcha. And he just okay. kept calling him the N-word. He was like, hey, my N-word. Which is kind of like, that's not like a scandal because that's what you'd expect that guy to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, also, It'd have been like, more surprising if it was, like, Joe Biden. Was Hunt, like, would it have been, yeah. Kenny? Kind of, because, no, because Hunter Biden's, like, a yeah. guy who has, like, a frame, like, How I Met Your Mother quote poster on his wall. <laughs> and that's the kind of guy who, like, calls his white friend the N-word. And that's how I met your mother. Yeah. Is that what that show's about? Yeah, that's how it <laughs> about Hunter Biden using the N-word. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen an episode of that show, and nor shall I. That's cool. Um, Texas on fire. Yep, <laughs> we're not allowed to blast our ACs, which I don't care, man. I'm doing it right now. It's 31 degrees in my house right now. Yeah, you know <laughs> this is this is one of those things where you know. It's kind of like when, you know, I have some friends that will tell me you need to eat, you know, vegan because, you know, if you don't, you know, you eat more meat, that's a bigger carbon footprint. And it's like, it's not incumbent upon just me and my diet, you know, to fix mm. a huge, like, statewide problem. Or, you know, this is a global problem in this context, but. But when like, it turns into a personal responsibility, a market, a new market gets created to sell to those people. Right. Um, and yeah, it's fucked up, man. Like, we should and, say and what we're talking about, by the way. <laughs> what? We just kind of went into the riff about, we should be say what we're talking about, by the way. Um, Earcott said, <laughs> please conserve energy because it's too hot. Remember when it was too cold <laughs> like three months ago? Yeah. Now it's too, now it's too hot, which... Sucks because it's too hot in Texas eight months out of the year. It's a yeah. hundred degrees from like May yeah. to like October. So yeah, it's like who could have seen this coming, right? Certainly not the Texas legislature, um, because they didn't do anything uh, that would have uh, mitigated this. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, good times in in Texas. Yep. Um, yeah. It, uh, it needs to be 67 degrees all the time here for us to function as a as a state. Other than that, we're just fucking crumbling. It's too hot. It's too cold. Yeah. 
Good times. So that's that's bad. Um, but uh, you know, while we're talking about Texas, uh, since the last time we recorded, uh, we had runoff elections in San Antonio, and um, San Antonio is now the only city in Texas with uh, two. D- Uh, did Amador freeze? Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that's like he was super excited to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <he> just... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, there he is. Yeah. Sorry about that, y'all. Uh, my internet uh, is bugging. Yeah, I thought it was the shitty headphones again. I just kept like adjusting them, being like, "Can I just not hear you?" And then it's like, "Oh, he's frozen." Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. It's so too hot, too hot outside for your. It's too hot outside for. Yeah, <laughs> my fucking Wi-Fi router's on fire. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> no, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know continue talking about you know the runoff elections but uh yeah uh terry castillo won in district five um are we still recording yeah so i'm just okay. laughing because kitty <laughs> like, i've been just laughing because kitty pointed out how like, excited you were to talk about this and then you just then cut I, off yeah. and we're just like oh shit well i guess he's gone forever <laughs> yeah no i was i was definitely pumped i mean um you know, I uh, knocked on a shitload of doors, <laughs> so it it feels good, you know, when you win. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, Jalen McKee Rodriguez uh, won in District Two, uh, which is uh, you know uh, predominantly African American. I think it's one of the most diverse uh, districts in San Antonio, um, and he's also the first openly gay uh, person elected into uh you know office in texas so that's a pretty big fucking deal um it's also noteworthy because uh like a week before the runoff election uh there was a lot of pastors in uh district two they were kind of coming out and saying that they were going to endorse his opponent and um there was some concern that you know it was you know the potentially the election might just become mired in like weird you know, social politics, um, right. that, you know, it, it's, it's a general stereotype about, you know, African-Americans, right. That like, oh, you know, they, they're, you know, they more homophobic the, or whatever. Right, they vote with the church um, kind of thing. Right. And, um, you know, it, it you know, it, was one of those things where I had, you know, helped, uh, you know, knock doors for his campaign a little bit. And it was pretty clear that, you know, he had, you know, a well-oiled, you know, ground game. And, you know, his opponent clearly did not. Um, and I don't think San Antonio was ready for, you know, the fact that, you know, a lot of people were going to be, uh, a lot of young people were going to be knocking on doors and, like, getting people out to vote and shit. Um, because it was a midterm, right? Midterms tend to skew more conservative, uh, more white. Um, so, uh, pretty big fucking deal. 
Um, and uh, I mentioned earlier, Terry Castillo won in District 5. Um, she was, you know, endorsed by Bernie Sanders, uh, Julian Castro, uh, and she's a housing organizer. So um, some, some uh, you know, new blood in the city council. Um, you know, a city council that recently released a police budget um, that wouldn't move on, you know, uh, site and release ordinance, which would, you know, make it, uh, you know, a, a finable offense for having small amounts of marijuana if you're pulled over by the cops. Uh, yeah. You know, things that absolutely, you know, we need everywhere. <laughs> um, things that would make people's lives just like, you know, a little bit easier. Not as easy right. as like it being legal, but also just like, you know, not that not spending the night in jail because you had like half a joint in your car and the cops yeah. a dick and yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, there's a, there's some change coming. Hopefully, you know, they're able, you know, they're, they're a natural, you know, coalition together. Um, and hopefully they will actually skew city council more progressive. Um, so that'll be exciting to see, uh, the two ne next two years to come. Um, and other than that, it's Che Guevara's birthday, y'all. So, oh, yeah, Ben Shapiro was furious about it this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. He was not happy that, you know, Che Guevara has a birthday. Fucking wild. He was like, he says some racist stuff. And it's like, you say racist stuff all the time. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your whole thing is being racist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so shout out to a real one. Uh, ben Shapiro? Um, the real ass dude of the week. Che Guevara's the real ass dude of the week. All right. So, yeah, while we're on the subject of, uh, you know, left candidates winning elections and the birthdays of famous Marxists, uh, let's get into our actual subject for today. Um, what are we talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, yeah, we, we talked How about funny if you froze up again. <laughs> oh, no, super excited to get into it. And then just like dead. You just um, froze up and then Kenny and I panicked and just talked about come for an hour and a half. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we, let's get into it before the hey, hey. power shuts off again. <laughs> yeah. Before ERCOT cancels us. Um, yeah, no, we're we're uh, going to talk about you know the recent uh, election in uh, Peru, um, which happened a day after uh, you know the San Antonio election uh, runoff. Uh, so very exciting weekend. Uh, but um, yeah, so um, uh, Pedro Castillo uh, has won uh, the presidential election, and that's a big fucking deal because. He is a communist, and um, you know <laughs> Peru has been, you know, uh, kind of like an epicenter for neoliberalism. You know, a lot of uh, Latin American countries have been subjected to those uh, sort of state uh, programs, you know, for decades. Uh, so this is, you know, potentially an indicator of, you know, uh, a pink tide part two. Um, Although, you know, in Ecuador uh, just recently they had an election and their right wing 
they had a right wing uh, person get into power. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because um, I think it's a big, uh, pretty big deal. Um, um, and I kind of want to just, just wanted to start off with, you know, like just some little details about uh, Peru. Um, you know, uh, like other Latin American countries, uh, it's been hit uh, really hard by the pandemic. Um, their economy, you know, uh, contracted uh, by quite a, a bit. Um, so there's poverty, higher poverty, higher unemployment. And um, they were actually one of the countries in South America that had some of the highest, higher rates of uh, COVID infection. Um, and I just looked up, uh, I think it's a, just under 6% of their population has received a vaccine. Um, and it's not because, you know, they're anti-vaxxers. It's, right. about it's because of a, um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's hard for uh, countries that aren't you know, global superpowers to get vaccines because they bought them all. Right. Just buying up vaccines like a friggin' Tickle Me Elmo doll and Christmas 99, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) It's a new bed I'm working on. (laughs) (laughs) It's my bed I'm working on for my HBO special. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, they've... uh, you know, really been going through it, you know, Brazil, you know, kind of going through the same situation. Um, but it, it's one of those countries that has some of the oldest, you know, known history. Uh, they were home of the Incan Empire um, that, you know, ruled for a long time up until, you know, of course, the Spanish came, settled, settled and colonized the region and, you know, exploited, you know, the indigenous people uh there. You mean saved them, Amador? Um, yeah, no, this, this <laughs> is definitely not what happened. That's the new controversial twist. This podcast is <laughs> sharp, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. So you know, Peru, like a lot of other Latin American countries, it's you know has a uh, an extractivist a, a lot of a, a you know extractivist you know economies so a lot of mining um and when you know the spanish colonized uh uh peru they uh you know they exploited that they had you know indigenous people you know uh working on the mines uh mining for gold silver you know all the things that the spanish empire love and you know, right? All the yeah, awesome. all the things they um, love to, uh, they they love to force other people to, you know, produce, yeah. and then also be like, you also can't have any of this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, their whole economy isn't you know just based off of you know mineral extraction. You know, of course, about stuff uh, going on, but um. It's pretty interesting because, like, you know, they're, uh, like, as far as, like, population density, like, this will, you know, come into play when we get into, like, the election. But uh, Lima, uh, Peru, has, you know, the highest population density. Uh, It has about 40% of the total, you know, country's population. 
in one you know large metro area right uh, but is you know, that got, is that because that's where you know the kind of the work is yeah it's yeah pretty much it's it's the you know like it's the area that if you went to would most you know resemble you know like a a regular right. city with and it's like know, a touristy place too i'm guessing absolutely. so there's that industry yeah so they definitely have you know like uh that kind of thing um but you know they have an andean region uh with mountains um a lot of the rural areas are, you know, populated by indigenous and, you know, mestizo rural uh, poor uh, people. And, um, you know, those are the people that, uh, you know, Pedro Castillo really spoke to. Um, he is, uh, he is indigenous um, and he's, uh, he's an indigenous farmer and union teacher. Uh, and I don't know if you all, I mean, you all have seen the pictures by now, you know, he's always carrying around a huge pencil. <laughs> right. <laughs> and honestly, one of the best, you know, gimmicks, uh, I've ever seen as far as, you know, uh, elections go. Um, it is, yeah, you're right. It is like a very cool game. It's like a thing like a pro wrestler would do. Yeah. It's like really cool. The, like a guy named like. Yeah, and it's the, te- the teacher creature who like beats you with the pencil <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty wild, man. Like, because like you look at pictures of his like rallies and stuff, and you start seeing like you know he's carrying the pencil. There's like people in the crowd like like you know, fucking <laughs> carry huge ass pencils, and like it all makes sense. It's the symbol of the political party he's a part of. Uh, which is called Peru Libre, which is like free, a free Peru. Right. Um, and, you know, they, the party is like, um, essentially Marxist Leninist. Like that's their tendency. Okay. Uh, but, uh, Pedro Castillo is kind of weird in the sense that he's like, he is a leftist but he's not you know he doesn't really fall in line with a lot of his party's purported views right it's one of those things like think about like you know presidential elections where you know when the democrats are in the primary they say all this like liberal like very left right and then they and then they go on tv and say immigrants don't come here yeah yeah (laughs) yeah they they tighten the reins and they're like oh actually I'm, you know, a piece of shit. Um, that, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that I'm saying this, not the best um, right. analogy for Pedro Castillo because he still rules, but, um, yeah, it's kind of like that where, you know, you're running a campaign and you kind of have to, like, you know, try to cast a wide net. Sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so um, he's uh, from a rural Andean region and he was uh kind of comes from like a very you know simple beginning uh kind of like evo morales um you know from a very you know rural indigenous uh region of the country um and he was born to two illiterate parents um and the area that he's from cajamarca is the site of one of the largest gold mines um yet it is one of the poorest regions which you know 
if pretty, you pretty weird how that works, right? Yeah, it's pretty weird yeah. how that always seems to be the case that all these places that have you know these very valuable resources, uh, the people that live there are dirt poor. It's very weird how that happens all the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so you know, from one of the poorest regions, um, he's in his like early 50s, he's been a teacher since he was 24 years old. Um, and so a lot of people on the campaign trail refer to him as El Profesor or El Maestro. Um, uh, where he kind of got his start uh, as far as like, you know, politics, uh, you know, social movements, that kind of thing. Um, he uh, led a teacher strike. Uh, so if you can imagine, teachers in Peru are probably not being paid all that well right um well teachers in and in, yeah america like canada yeah. and, like are not being paid well so i can't imagine a country that um you know lets people that live on a literal gold mine live in squalor <laughs> probably don't pay their teachers too well i'm guessing yeah. yeah and especially you know a teacher that's teaching in in that area right um so he led a teacher strike uh, for 80 days, um, and the strike, you know, was around uh, a pay increase and a repeal of a system that evaluated teacher performance. Um, so American teachers take a cue because you you got kind of the same thing going on, um, right? As far as like evaluative performance, they you know they they evaluate you know teachers here based on you know like whether their students are doing well in the tax test and stuff like that. Shit that uh, really they have no control over. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. You know, shit that's like, you know, doesn't really measure, you know, knowledge attainment or learning uh, or, you know, critical thinking or any important tools that you would need. In, in high in school, life. in high school, I had like an A minus average and I almost didn't graduate because I like, got anxiety taking like the fucking tax test. Like, I couldn't pass it. Cause I like, would just fucking, I'd get anxious. Yeah. And uh, like, I didn't know if I was going to graduate high school to like the last month. Cause I just couldn't fucking pass that test. So yeah, no, that's definitely really fucking, know, yeah. one of those things where it, you know, standardized testing, not good. Um, yeah. Kenny, uh, got dropped. Our connection's really bad. <laughs> he's he said he's gonna come back though. Um, but uh, yeah. So the strike, the teacher strike, led left uh 3.5 million uh school students without classes to attend. Um, uh, which you know that's a lot of you know kids without teachers. And this lasted um, how many days? Eighty, you said. Yeah. Okay, so that's. A month, two, two months, months, two months of yeah. yeah, yeah. So two months of you know uh, a teacher strike and uh, you know initially the then Pablo had refused to negotiate, uh, but then had to relent and agree to the, some of the strikers' demands um, because when you organize, you know you tend to win. Um, sure. And pretty interesting, but, um, you know, on the campaign trail, one of the things that he would say is that if he was elected, uh, he would 
only uh, elect to receive the salary of a teacher. So, um, you know, pretty bold uh, right. you know, thing to campaign on. You know, not a lot of people camp. You know, not a lot of people want to get paid less to do you know a difficult job where you know you're leading a whole country. Well, not a lot of people. There's like a lot of like political like promising of like shit like that, but you can right. tell it's like corrupt. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of people like him that are like really like about it like that. There's like people like yeah going like I'll take one dollar a year salary, and it's like cool. Well, you're getting eighty million from Raytheon, so <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, pretty. Pretty bold stance, but and a lot and a, another thing that he's been, uh, you know, really emphasizing uh, is you know essentially rewriting the constitution. Um, the uh, and we can get into like uh, you know where the constitution comes from, but if you know anything about Latin American history, you know a lot of times when you know there's a, a big social movement around uh, rewriting the constitution, it's probably because you know a piece of shit wrote it. <laughs> um, but um. The way the presidential elections work in uh, Peru is uh, they basically have an initial runoff. Um, and, you know, I guess any amount of candidates can run because um, the first round 18, um, and that's a record in Peruvian history. Um, and so in, in April 11th, uh, that first round happened. Um, and, you know, uh, no one uh, was predicting that, you know, a, a an indigenous uh, teacher was going to, you know, come in first in that uh, uh, first uh, round of the election. Uh, but he won about 16 percent of the vote, um, which, you know, with 18 candidates, there's no way you're going to get right. a lot of people to vote for you. Right. Um, but. Uh, you know, it came as a surprise. 18 you know, to, people you know, running for president. That's like a comedy contest. That's fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, Peru has been, you know, experiencing a lot of, like, political instability. Um, they, you know, presidents impeached, uh, you know, presidents replaced, presidents that dissolved the Congress, and then, you know, the Congress saying, no, we elected this guy, and... So you know, so they, they, so this election was just kind of like everyone being like, "I have a solution." No, I have a solution. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, and the thing is, is like, um, the right is extremely fragmented right now in Peru. Um, so that is a contributing factor. And you know, the left, um, there's several different parties. It's not just Peru Libre. Peru Libre is actually a relatively small party. So even more of a shock. <laughs> yeah. I looked up a little bit about his, uh, about the, the that lady Fujimori and who yeah. her dad was. And I was yeah. like, yeah, we'll it's get crazy. Into... No one could rally behind that too much. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I don't mean to jump ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, after the first round, it was pretty clear that, um, you know, there was two options for for Peru. It's you know a new uh, way, which you know is a left, a true left 
candidate, a true left party, a a true you know left wing populist uh, in Pedro Castillo versus Keiko Fujimori, who um, is a populist as well. Um, uh, the Marxist thinker, I forget his name. Uh, Mike, I think Mike Davis. He he has said that you know um, Mike Davis, the author. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so the that Marxist author historian, right. uh, he, he has said that the birthplace of right of neoliberal right wing populism was born in Peru. Uh, so you know the, it it's pretty wild. Like behind like Bolivia, Peru has a lot of different like burgeoning movements and you know, uprisings and all these like things happening that um, really, I mean, it's kind of happening all over Latin America, you know, Chile is in the middle of like very tense protests and, you know, they're going to be rewriting their constitution. Um, And I think, you know, Colombia, Brazil has had uprisings against Bolsonaro, uh, which, you know, no surprise there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he's doing a bang up job. Then Steven Seagal yeah. give him a, like a ninja sword or something. He gave no, he gave that sword to Maduro. I think I could be wrong. Yeah, he gave a ninja was, sword to someone. Yeah, it was, it was Maduro. Um, yeah, but it, I mean, still wild to see. Do <laughs> you think he knew who Steven Seagal was? It's like who's this like fat karate man? Do you think Steven Seagal knew who Maduro was? I think he's just like, do you want this sword? I'm like. <laughs> That's a better question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. yeah, like, I'm down here. I have this sword. Like a cool guy. I somehow got this sword through airport security. Do you want to have it? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting. Like when the initial runoff, you know, when the dust settled, um, some of their local, you know, news stations didn't even have like a photo of him. You know, like. They'll show, you know, like a photo of Keiko. It's like, this is the percentage that she has. Like, they didn't even, they had like just a blacked out, like, face. They did like the fucking, when, and like, they, like they, they did like the thing with like 2K when they have like the 12th guy on the bench where it's just like a. No photo. Yeah. yeah just like an outline of like a guy's face. Yeah, pretty much. And like, we we're like, ah, I don't, this, that's who won. We don't know what the fuck, like, who this guy is or whatever. But like, it was pretty interesting, like, uh, when when the election was underway, uh, he kind of made a splash on Twitter uh, because there was video footage going around of him, like, riding a horse into, like, <laughs> into, like, his city and, like, you know, all these people, like, following him around and, like, he, you know, voted, you know, hopefully for himself, I'd imagine, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know that that footage was like going around and it was like holy shit like this you know rural indigenous uh guy just won you know, the first round of you know a um and you know a country that you know has been mired in you know right wing you know politics for a long time so uh you know pretty uh you know the 
the, you know the the storylines just write them write write themselves out right right um but um he let's see oh yeah i wanted to bring up so like some of the things that you know uh throughout the election between him and Keiko uh she was you know uh really really uh buying into the fact that you know she could you know pull a red scare like red scare her way into like beating uh Pedro Castillo um by that she's just going to play that did. shitty podcast until people yeah, leave yeah. the polls <laughs> <laughs> She's like, vote for me. I listen. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, no, but like one of the things that, you know, like a lot of uh, lefties like in America, in the U.S. and like, you know, more developed, more, you know, uh, imperial nations and stuff like that were saying that, you know, he's he's socially conservative, so you shouldn't get excited about, you know, Pedro Castillo. Um and, you know, like, there's definitely, like, you know, weight in, you know, critiquing everyone, right? Sure. But, uh, you know, taking the history and the context out of, you know, this pivotal moment is, you know, a mistake. Um, well, and it's also that weird thing that so many, like, terminally online Twitter people do. Where it's just, like, yeah. if someone's not, like, literally the perfect candidate, Flavor. then all yeah. of a sudden they're just, like some like weird CIA asset or some fuck fucking crazy thing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like that was a whole, that's been a whole thing. Um, and again, you know, like some of the things that he is not in favor of, you know, like are important, you know, things that, you know, speak to, you know, like human rights and stuff like that. Sure. So it, it is like, you know, like he's, He's opposed to like legalizing abortion, uh, same-sex marriage, and uh, euthanasia. Um, and if all of those things add up, it's because he's from a Catholic upbringing, which you know, also a part of you know colonial history in <laughs> sure. pretty much all of Latin America. So, and yeah, I would. That's one of those things I think. Like, if you improve people's material conditions, the other stuff will follow suit inevitably as opposed to the other way around. Like you can't. Right. You can't like, change the culture to be like more. I don't know. It seems like that stuff comes after. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I can see that for sure. And it's one of those things that, you know, I mean, that's like, that's a lot of like, you know, just, Catholicism and its dogma. Um, interestingly, like I think his wife and his children are evangelical, which is also like a really big burgeoning religion in Latin America mm. in you know modern times now. Um, that's pretty interesting. I, and you know I don't know a whole lot about you know much more than that, but um, to that effect, you know the other left. Uh, the other left uh, parties that, you know, ran presidential candidates and didn't succeed, they wait behind Pedro Castillo. You know, they don't agree on everything, right? Uh, they don't agree on some of those social issues. But the fact that, you know, Pedro Castillo was willing to 
you know, like meet with them and say, look, we can work together and, you know, I, you know, we, we can find some sort of common ground and, and, you know, really hit those points home. And, and so that was like, that's kind of like, you know, the, I think the solve to, you know, that issue, I think potentially. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, so she's he's running against uh, Keiko Fujimori or ran against Keiko Fujimori, who has run for president three different times and has narrowly lost three different times. Um, also, I have a uh, question because that doesn't sound like a um, Peruvian name. Oh. Right. Yeah. Um, so she is, uh, you know, uh, you know, she's uh, I believe, you know, uh, of Japanese like ethnicity uh, okay. so there's I know that there's you know there, there's different you know populations there um, you know from like mestizos to you know indigenous sure. to Japanese Chinese populations in uh, in Peru uh, so yeah uh, yeah she's not um, you know she's not what you would what you would think is you know a what like what is a peruvian but um that that was one of those dynamics that was important i think in the election is that you know uh pedro castillo is indigenous and he reflects for that uh rural uh indigenous uh, person so you know certainly that was important right he kind of represents like the voice of the people that are like kind of the soul of the country, but also like constantly overlooked and kind of like looked down upon. Yeah, uh, certainly the population that is take has been taken for granted. Sure, you know, Exploited since the, most, the inception but, yeah. of Peru. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So she's run. She's she's ran for president three different times back in 2011, 2016, and 2021. Uh, I like to think of her as like Peru's Hillary Clinton. Mm. Um, oh, that's cool. That's right? a cool thing to be. She, she <laughs> lost. She's a loser. So she's, she's a lady. <laughs> and ladies, <laughs> yeah, ladies can't be more... president. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, She's she's the leader of a neo neoliberal white right wing party called Fuerza Popular, um, and so again, you know, right wing populist party, um, and she's been mired in scandal for you know money laundering charges, taking donations from drug traffickers. Uh, she's been sent to prison before for those money laundering uh, issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what yeah, I, that's uh, what I was like. Yeah, you could have. Uh, <laughs> like, Get yeah, the first yeah, two might, things. He might not be all good on the the. Uh, it's funny because the first but this other lady. Woo. The first two <laughs> things you listed, I was like, all right, these are like normal. Yeah, right wing, right wing people in this country do that too, and then it's like, yeah, she got <laughs> like, she did prison time for. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's crazy. That's pretty. That's pretty yeah, bonkers. Yeah. You want to you want to hear another weird thing, Travis? About Absolutely. Her? Um, Keiko Fujimori is 
the uh, former first lady of Peru after her father removed her mother from the position. Wait, wh- what? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Hey, she married her dad? No. Oh, well, I like <laughs> What's happening? Because it's funny. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, essentially, she kind of took over the role that her mother had. Um, as yeah. his... As her dad's husband. Wife. <laughs> <laughs> Daughter, wife. Who's who's keeping track here? Um, yeah, I mean, so... Um, it's pretty interesting, you know, like... Throughout the camp, you know, again, uh, resorting to a lot of right-wing, uh, you know, left scare mongering shit um she uh is uh was or i may still be trying to dispute uh about 200,000 votes in regions that surprise surprise heavily favored pedro castillo and um a lot of her supporters are mobilizing right now so it's uh very tense um but you know it's it's wild because um you know, even the OAS, who, you know, was partly responsible for the coup in Bolivia, is saying that the results are not fraudulent. Mm. Uh, and that's a pretty big deal. Right. Uh, you know, the the OAS can, you know, really fuck shit up if they want to. Um, so. Right, because that was going to be my. It be interesting to see what's up. That was going to be my next question, if there's any, like, inklings that, like. They're going to get cooed. They're going to get well, cooed by Joey Boy and the gang. You know, you never know. Um, th- this is kind of a tense moment because I don't think, uh, you know, the their electoral uh, governing structure has, like, formally announced that, that he mm. won yet. So it, it's kind of like in this weird little limbo spot because – the the race was so close that you know they they were counting votes like days later is it kind of like the thing that happened here where we like knew Joe Biden won and then there's all these freaks going like actually no he didn't <laughs> is it kind of like that pretty, pretty much uh, same tactic out of the same handbook uh K is resorting to saying that there's been fraud that you know, that the election is all of a sudden illegitimate, and, you know, she have been saying that if, you know, the point of that, you know, half a percentage point went in her favor, uh, you know, she wouldn't be saying this if she ended up having the slight win here. Right. Um, but, I mean, to that effect, you know, like, that is, you know, kind of the power in, you know, uh, you know, populist movements, right? Like, she was able to keep it really close um you know her stronghold really is like you know lima uh and like more of the you know like heavy the metropolitan kind sectors. of areas yeah. yeah 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 yeah. because they you know they're used to like the fujimori uh style of well, governance yeah uh, and they're probably the ones that are fall for like the fear tactics of like these poor people will come for you if you like your yeah, life will it, be 
your life will be uncomfortable if this guy wins. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Did we already talk about it? Like her dad was like, wasn't he president of Peru for like 10 years? Yes. So, yeah. So he was president for 10 years. Um, and yeah, so his name is Alberto Fujimori. And um, he he's really the, you know, the the father of neoliberal right-wing populist movements right. in Peru. Um, he was he was elected in 1990, um, and he was democratically elected, and he was in power until 2000. Um, and but in uh, 1992, there was a political deadlock in their in the Congress in the Congressional House, um, and so Alberto Fujimori engaged in a self coup uh, of the state. Um, it's known as a Fuji Golpe, um, and they suspended the Constitution, shut down the Congress, and purged the, judici the judiciary. So, you know, really cool, um, you know, totally not democratic things <laughs> right. that he was responsible for. I love a good um, purge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys ready for the forever purge? The new movie? <laughs> <laughs> You should yeah. do an episode on that movie, actually. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there was like one of those that I saw that was pretty interesting. I don't remember. They all have like they all have like fairly good politics, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they're not like good, but they're like the type of movie that's just like, I don't know. If you give me a movie where people get killed in cool ways, I'm fine with it. But these ones happen to also have like pretty decent right. politics, which is like, all right. Sorry, I mean, no, no, no. It's <laughs> like you're right, though. Like, it is one of those absolute things where it's like, uh, lots of violence and like people gravitate towards that. But then, like, it's like, oh shit, like the political like analysis here is pretty interesting. It's like if Fast um, Nine all of a sudden had like weird like Marxist themes in it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna see this and like this anyway, but now I don't like feel guilty about <laughs> liking this. <laughs> yeah so yeah and and during this time so like basically what uh Albert did was like when he you know engaged in that self-coup um uh, he was uh he was essentially like blaming this uh maoist uh guerrilla Upright. Uh, he was attributing that to the political deadlock in Congress, okay. which like they weren't really like a big, like they were more you know, like they were like we're gonna you know seize the means by you know like trying to overthrow sure like the government <laughs> and having autonomous zones and shit. Like it was not like well. It, so I don't mean to keep bringing it back to like America yeah, things, yeah. but it's kind of like when the with BLM. When the BLM like protest happened, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, they're the reason that like um, <laughs> they're the reason that like you don't have gasoline, not because, or I don't know, some like weird, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like yeah. some unconnected like, weird um thing. They become like, the scapegoat, um, right? And like you know the uh, what are they called the the shining path is what they're called. 
and they're a revolutionary organization and they you know constantly feuded with you know peruvian forces during uh, fujimori's reign and so that was also another thing that uh keiko fujimori would accuse pedro castillo of being a part of that that he was a part of the the shining path um but there's really no indication that that's the case in fact uh you know in, in his uh in his uh, hometown, he, before he became a teacher, he was a part of, like, uh, you know, these, like, small, like, autonomous, like, like forces that were kind of fighting off the Shining Path. Um, so, you know, no real, like, indication, just scared, you know, tactics, fear-mongering from the right. Um, because the scary communist might become president, right? Uh, right, like but, deflect, uh, deflecting your own like failures and your own corruption onto, yeah, you know yeah, the scary absolutely. like other, yeah, um, yeah. So I mentioned you know Alberto Fujimori's wife earlier. Um, in 1990 is when uh her name is Susanna Higuchi. Uh, she separated from him, and that's when he removed. As first lady, um, and she had accused him of corruption and carrying out crimes against humanity. And holy shit, um, <laughs> she, she would she would be vindicated because that is exactly uh, what he was doing. Um, he, he committed. Um, sorry, huge, what's like, the reason? Uh, what's the reason for divorce? Oh yeah, my husband's uh, doing crimes against humanity. You're yeah. right. <laughs> I guess like I guess that's. Like a good reason for divorce. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so she was not wrong. Um, Alberto is currently serving a 25-year sentence for corruption charges and human rights atrocities. So, mm. um, you know, she was spot on. Apparently, yeah. um, he made he had like death squads and like sterilized uh, native women. So he's a good, a good guy. She's. Yeah. That's why. Look, you always you believe women, guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if a woman says her husband's doing human rights violations, don't be like, well, "What are you doing wrong?" Don't fucking just believe yeah, that. Don't she's, yeah, don't gaslight her. Yeah, don't gaslight the lady who's married to the <laughs> fucking. That's what, that's what Alberto did. He was like, "I'm gonna marry my daughter and say that she's you." <laughs> 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 I like that that's that's going to be like podcast lore. Like nowhere else is that a fact that they got married. But you heard it here first. I don't know. It is like a very weird thing though that he's like my daughter is the first lady now cuz like first lady in like any context implies wife. It's weird you would you would be like oh, first my daughter. daughter does yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. <laughs> this is the first daughter or create like a different word for it instead of like the thing that your wife who yeah. like who dumped you what? for doing human rights violations yeah president mom. First, first president mom <laughs> yeah um there's an article from the associated press back in 2001 um where they were uh oh i have the quote here like so as president, Fujimori announced at a congress in China, so like this big 
you know, congressional meeting of, you know, different states and stuff in China. Uh, he said his government would undertake a program to help poor Peruvian women uh, to decide, you know, the number of children that they wanted to have. Um, and, you know, later there were growing complaints from women in poor communities in the Andes, so like in very rural, uh, you know, indigenous areas. Uh, and these women were coming forth and saying that they had been sterilized without their knowledge, um, which immediately made me think of, you know, uh, that uh, one doctor at the yeah. ICE facility. Right. In, so, again, in, not uh, to Georgia. draw a parallel to the United States, but yeah. like what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's very weird how that happens, that, like, um, we're kind of the cause for most of the fascism in the world and also, like, we're doing all the stuff that... <laughs> it's oh, very yeah. weird. Oh. I bet it's a coincidence and not at all. Like, we're, like, Looney Tunes characters who just... Or Mr. Bean, who just, like, go into countries and then slip on a banana peel and install a fascist dictator. It's fucking... It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, and the article goes on to say that officials of Fujimori's government claimed any excesses um, in the program were the fault of overzealous local medical authorities, but the program uh, was so controversial that... The U.S. Congress cut aid payments to Peru uh, that had been used to fund the program. So we funded it. So yep. it, it's even worse. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That so was we making a joke that. like, oh, we, we are responsible for those things. And I was like, no, actually, literally, we are No, yeah, that's... <laughs> every bad program, too. Not yeah. Just- Fujimori, or not just all these people, but every bad decision they ever made well, were directly it. responsible. Well, well, we're probably doing an episode <laughs> on this next week, but like that's why the right doesn't want people to know, quote unquote, like quit critical race theory. But that didn't mean don't teach kids history, because if you learn anything about history, you just learn like, oh yeah, we're responsible for like most of the awful stuff that happens, if not directly, like indirectly, but just being indifferent to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, at the time uh, when this program was put into place, Fujimori had boasted that the sterilization program dropped Peru's birth rate from 3.7 per woman to, in 1990 to 2.7 children a decade later. Um, so, you know, this is like fucked up taking neoliberalism to its, you know, nth degree, right? right. Like, you're like... You know, we're a middling country. We're not, you know, we don't have all the riches that we're willing to spend on people. So we need to sterilize people. So yeah, that, you know, I, would, I don't know if this is like we a, have, but we can cut social services, like a political philosophy or like a political theory. What point do you stop being like neoliberal and just like full on fascist? Because I think my line is when you start sterilizing people, you're just. Yeah, I mean, I think... and not a. Not only that, I mean, you know, like you said, there was, like, you know, military pogroms, like, they were, you know, executing, you know, indigenous people, um, and then, you know, they would just, like, slap the Shining Path label on them, and then, you know, they, it was, it would be a justified thing, right? Right. Um, so, I mean, I think the crazy thing to think about is that, you know, this guy got elected, you know, three times, Um <laughs> Like, so, you know, like, that that's the problem with, you know, right-wing populist movements, right, is that, 
they can rally around someone, um, you know, much like, you know, the left can do that. Um, but, uh, you know, when it's a, a right-wing moment, is, it, res- it, it, it amounts to, you know, a well, regime like Alberto Fujimori. When yeah. you're like a leftist populist movement, you have to have, like, broad appeal. When you're like a right-wing, all you need is, like, a fucking like ride or die like small group of people that are like willing to go right and then it's like impossible to get them out like on like a smaller level like look at someone like ted cruz or like greg abbott it's like once these freaks are in like it's it's hard to get them out it's like it's very hard to get them out because Yeah. yeah they just have like a base that's like rabid for them and then they also just have people that are like yeah i i don't really read the news my life's fine. <laughs> yeah. It, this is, you know, one of those things where, um, uh, it's pretty, you know, we're obviously just kind of scratching the surface on, you know, what's going on over there, but, um, other, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say about, uh, further about Alberto, but, Oh yeah, so um the cool thing is that he is uh you know in prison for these crimes. Right. Um that's pretty cool. So yeah, there's some level of accountability out there. <laughs> but uh <laughs> the nerve of his fucking daughter though. Right. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well like the other crazy thing to think about is that like an interesting thing that happened during the election was, you know, the liberal question: Where were the liberals going to go? Because they're the they're the center in in this you know right wing populism, left wing populism like like election like like is the perfect person to run against Pedro Castillo because like it really clearly delineated like what path to take right. Mm-hmm. So there's the liberal question: Where did the liberals go? They supported Keiko. Right, whose dad's like, in jail for human yeah. violence. Human... Yeah. For human atrocity. Cool. Yeah. It's interesting to think about, right? Because, like, uh, there's other, you know, uh, right-wing fascist histories where, you know, the liberals end up enabling the fascists. It's really weird how, like, they can, like, reason with that, where it's like, oh, having socialism or communism or even someone who's, like, you know, not even, like, someone like Bernie who's not, like, extreme by, like, any means. Yeah, a social democrat. Right, and they're just, like, and they'll go for, like, they'll see that as, like, such a threat. They'll be like, well, I'll support this, like, this guy who's like horny for drone striking like Yemeni's orphanages because at least he's not trying to like you know threaten my way of life it's yeah. fucking crazy how they like can um compartmentalize that to be like no yeah this guy is like doing legitimate like crimes and like you know murdering people but this one guy wants me to pay more taxes so i'm going with the war criminal 
It's fucking insane. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, this election was sort of a referendum. Uh, what do they call it? Fujimorismo. Um, because Keiko was essentially saying that, yeah, if I'm elected, I'm going to pardon my father and release him from prison. Uh <laughs> So Are you crazy, of course I'm gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, my daddy, my daddy husband. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that wild? Like, just I mean, she got close to winning too. Like towards the end of the the final vote tally election, um, there was like I think some you know. Castillo strongholds that hadn't been, you know, fully counted. But then there was also the uh, diaspora. So, like, just Peruvians that, you know, live in, you know, Japan or uh, Miami, Florida, um, where all their wing reaction let, you know, people go. Um, and the, so there was a worry that potentially the diasporas would end up tilting the election to Keiko because it was very, very close. Mm -hmm. uh, but luckily, you know, that didn't end up happening. Though, uh, it was pretty interesting. Uh, the, you know, the when the, Amer the Peruvian uh, diaspora results from, you know, Miami came out, it was like something like ridiculous, like, like 400 votes to zero. Like in favor of Keiko Fujimori, which is you know pretty frightening. Like these people live in our country, but yeah. Um, well, these people live in our country because they are they were scared of Castro taking away their grandpa's slaves. That's why they live in. Yeah. They live in our country. Well, and, like yeah. these are yeah. Peruvians, right? but like the same reaction. But you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, it's yeah, those yeah. type of people that are like. I fled to America because I couldn't do fascism. <laughs> I, I dreamed of being a white supremacist. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't and they wouldn't let me do it there. My dreams in Peru. They wouldn't let me do it there, so I moved to America. <laughs> yeah, I moved to Florida. Yeah. They wouldn't let me be. They wouldn't let me be a white nationalist, so I moved to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Other interesting storylines, I mean, um, uh, the DSA had a, a delegation that uh, was there for the elections, um, and they were going to, you know, monitor the elections, but then, like, the Peruvian election apparatus was like, nah, we're not going to let you all do it. Um, and there's a technicality that they, they weren't there to, uh, they weren't there for the first round, so... Uh, yeah, why would we I, give you access to the second round? I'm sure I don't know, like state. I'm sure like the Peruvian government still has like a lot of hangers on from Fujimori's oh, yeah. base. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, they've never had a real like left uh, president or you know per se. Like they've like the right has had a stranglehold on Peru for decades. So yeah, it, it was actually absolutely like you know. Oh, these American like leftists are here. Fuck that! Like we're not gonna give you access. Um, but you know, it was pretty cool seeing you know like 
fellow DSA comrades that, you know, I've never met, but like they, like them, you know, meeting, you know, Pedro Castillo and like all these other people, all, all these other left uh, groups in, in Peru. Um, and so that's, you know, that's really what it's going to take, you know, is international solidarity uh, because like, as soon as like Keiko started saying that you know the elections were a fraud, you know Lula came out, made a statement. Uh, uh, Rafael Correa, the former president of of Ecuador, you know, made a statement and like even retweeted an article that uh, was talking about the DSA uh, delegation and how they weren't given access, um, and like you know saying that they should have been given access. Um, you, and you... what's up? <laughs> I was gonna make a dumb joke. Now, did you hear Kamala Harris's statement? <laughs> Do not come. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> Damn it! You stole my. I'm gonna <laughs> come. Yeah. So, and really cool shit. Like to see, you know, like DSA people out there, like you know, hanging out with you know fellow leftists in Peru. Um, but even like the Progressive Caucus in here in the u.s like came out with a statement like saying like thank god that you know the peruvian election was fair and not rigged and a clean election and i mean that's it's ins- it's kind of crazy to think about like the like any american group of politicians <laughs> right. coming out in favor of that um but you know you know, maybe things are changing here too. Uh, we have some DSA members in Congress, so maybe they had a little sway there. Um, Wait, but, Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene's in the DSA? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's more, you know, on the right <laughs> side of DSA. We're big. We're, you know, she's no Maoist. Right. The DSA is a big tent. It's a big tent party. It lets everybody in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um not marjorie um <laughs> but you know it is a big tent um there's certain uh, there's certainly libs in our ranks that's for sure um but um yeah other than that uh you know uh it's, you know all eyes on peru um because you know anything it seems seems like anything can happen uh you know you never know what happens with you know uprisings and stuff like that uh but you know the rightful winner is Pedro Castillo and it'll be interesting to see like what he can do um you know he's been talking about you know rewriting uh, you know a, a constitutional you know like convention like rewriting the constitution uh, because it's you know from the Fujimori era so not good. Um, and I believe, you know, Peru Libre does not have a majority in their house. So um, it, it'll be, you know, this is obviously like a, a start, right? Like the highest office of, the, of their, you know, country just went to a, you know, a fucking communist. Right. And they've been like a right wing like stronghold for so long uh so to see them be potentially a part of this new left uprising in latin america is really cool um let's just uh 
you know, hope there's no coups. Um, you uh-huh. never know. I mean, hope Bolivia no... is very organized and they got cooed. So, yeah, I mean, we are the country that made 37,000 The Purge movies, so I wouldn't put anything past us. Um, um yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty, pretty sweet, dude. I, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, that's just hoping for the best. That there's no like some weird freak wakes up one morning and was like, I don't like this. But then, you know, next thing you know, bada bing, bada boo, you got a coup. It's my yeah, new I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there is kind of like a weird thing happening uh, on the ground there. Like a lot of the right wingers who are, you know, marching around and shit, they have shirts that are in English. Oh, yeah. It's like no to communism. And it's because they're not trying to let, you know, their fellow countrymen know that they don't want communism. They're trying to let the U.S. know. And and they also know that, like, you know, the people that would be furious about communism. Like the Ben Shapiro's and all these freaks are too lazy to translate Spanish to English. This so they're true. just like, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. But right now, it's a happy story, the happy ending, and uh, that's how it's gonna stay, or else. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that's the episode. Hell yeah! This is gonna be this is a doozy of an episode. It's gonna be a long one. Um. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at the Spin Doctrines Podcast. <laughs> I don't know if that page is still <laughs> activated. I don't know. Same thing every week. That, don't go there. Actually, it's an autonomous zone. It's been seized by American Eagle profile picture guys. It's. <laughs> uh, you can send us. Yep. In- Send us an email at spin.pod at gmail.com. You can, you, you can tell us about your favorite restaurant mascots if you want. I don't care. None of us read the email. Pretty much <laughs> just use it to sign up for free trials of things. <laughs> like my third free trial of like Spotify is one of the favorite. So you're going to get lost in that shuffle. Um, there's really no way to reach us. Don't try to contact us. Just rate, subscribe, and listen, and enjoy, you heathens. And until next time... Shook-a-dook-a-quack-quack! All right, goodbye.